the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. As we come before the Lord this day, we come to celebrate this great feast of Christ, the King of the universe, the feast that draws our liturgical year towards its conclusion as we look forward to the beginning of a new year with Advent on the way. And we give praise and thanks to God for his enduring presence to us throughout life, even in the midst of a very difficult year, like this one that we have been living through. Uh, we know that God is faithful, that his glory ever abounds with us. And we ask to see God's glory ever more clearly. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, Whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? And he will say to them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Give the glory and the honor to the Lord. So what does glory even look like? Now, Jesus begins this gospel passage today by saying, when the Son of Man comes in his glory with the angels all around, and he'll be seated on this glorious throne. What does glory even look like? 
I spent several years of my studies living in Rome, and I can tell you that the Renaissance artists who painted up that city uh, tried their best to represent what glory looks like. When you tour some of those Renaissance artworks there, their impression of glory is, first of all, a lot of movement. So when you see Renaissance paintings of saints, they're always like, you know, there's something, <laughs> there's something happening there. You know, they have these poses, they have these intense looks on their faces. You know, there's determination, there's amazement, all these kind of things. So they're, they're really vibrant in their expression. And something that I always thought about when I would see these paintings is even the frames around the paintings were getting into this act of trying to express glory to you. When you look at a lot of these like Renaissance or, or later artworks, uh, the frames aren't just like square pieces of wood around them. They're like leaves that are alive, almost like the, the, the tendrils of an octopus reaching out to grab at you, you know? There's something about this glory, this experience of glory, that wants to reach out and grab you. And in, in, uh, I think it's in the Church of the Jesu, when you look at, the, at the, uh, the paintings up on the ceiling there, the paintings themselves are even spilling out of those lively frames. Like there, there are certain sections where like the clouds or the rays of the sun are coming out beyond the frame to reach out and grab at you. Okay? So there's something about glory that does, that does this. It's amazing. It has this reaction in us. Uh, it inspires. It, it uh, moves us to action, all these different kind of things. And it just it wants to kind of reach out and uh, grab a hold of our hearts, of our minds, and show us something profound. So it's all like in gold and glitz and these Renaissance art pieces. So it's a valiant effort, trying to show us what glory looks like. But more, uh, even more important question than that, what does glory look like, is how do we see glory? How do we even come to see it? And that's, a, that's the really important question, because I think glory, we see glory not with the natural parts of ourselves. You know, there are some things that can't be seen with the naked eye, even though we know they exist. So like human beings can't see generally, like the infrared spectrum, or like into different parts of the ultraviolet spectrum. Some other animals can see that stuff, but human beings unaided can't see that. We can't see in, in very low light. Some other animals can do that. You know, owls can see much better in the dark than we can. Pit vipers can see uh, infra infrared. They can see heat in a way that we can't, you know? So there are, there are parts of the, visible world out there that can be seen, but not by us, naturally. We need goggles to do that. Okay, I put on a, a certain set of goggles, and then all of a sudden, I can see heat signatures. Or I can see piercing even through the dark. It might look a little green on the screen that I'm looking at, but I can see where the people are. I can pierce through the dark, right? As long as I'm looking through those goggles. I think that's an interesting analogy for us on how, how do we see glory? Because I think glory, kind of analogously, uh, we, we see it sort of like when God places these supernatural goggles over our eyes, when we invite God to do that, and we're able to pierce through the normal visible spectrum for us and see glory happening. I like to define glory as this mystic 
something that when I encounter it, it takes my breath away. You know, when I experience glory, I, I, I get a little flush. I, get, I might gasp a little bit. I might put my head down and think a little bit more deeply because I've just encountered something new and it kind of takes my breath away. What amazes me in this gospel reading today is Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory. So when, when, Jesus, when, when Jesus returns and it is unmistakably Jesus, when the whole world is amazed by, by this glorious return of the Lord, what's going to happen? As he's seated on his throne and all the people are gathered before him, he's going to point out, my glory has been living among you the entire time. This isn't something that we're waiting for the end of all things for. My glory has been among you the entire time. Did you see it? Did you see it when it happened? And so I've been praying this week with this passage and the different ways Jesus says his glory is revealed all around us. And I was trying to think of uh, some experiences of glory that I've had, that I've been, I've been blessed to be a part of. When he talked about uh, when I was hungry and you gave me food, thirsty and you gave me drink, the encounter that came to my mind was when I was on a trip with Catholic Relief Services in the Philippines. This was kind of one of the first real glory, powerful glory experiences of this kind. And I, I was looking, and I've told, I know I've told this story before, but I was looking through the viewfinder of my camera as we were driving in a bus along this kind of highway. There was this huge pile of trash with a bunch of people living all around it. And I, I, I extended my like, telephoto lens to take a picture of this moment, and I made eye contact with this little girl who was sitting on top of one of these piles of trash. And I saw her glory. I, I saw her human dignity. She wasn't just like a, a faceless person out there. But I saw her uh, calling out for recognition I saw her value and her worth. And I couldn't even take the picture. I was just like, I just want to cherish you for who you are. You are my sister. I never realized that before, how much you are my sister. So the, the, the glory of the Lord kind of shone around her in that moment. It reached out to my heart. You know, kind of changed the way I think about my interaction with anyone who is in need. Realized she's my sister. I saw her dignity and her beauty. I saw the glory of the Lord shine around her. Jesus says, I was ill and you, and you comforted me. And I remember when I was in uh, second, theolo second theology, I think my second year in the seminary, we were charged to do hospital ministry, and uh, I finished the easy job, which was being with all the babies on the maternity floor. And so then that meant I had to do the hard job of going down to the emergency room, and I was scared to death of it. Uh, because I was thinking a lot of myself. I was panicking of, what, what am I supposed to do here, you know? And I encountered this woman uh, who was struggling with the, the intubation, with the breathing tube that they had just put down her throat. She was confused and kind of writhing on the table, and they asked me to go over there and speak to her and comfort her and try to, get, try to take down her, like, information, you know, get her address and all that kind of stuff. 
and all the blood left my head for a moment. Um, and then I'm like, all right, well, this is what I'm here for. And so I went over there, but once I, again, made eye contact with her, I saw the glory of the Lord in her. And it made me forget about my own insecurities and things like that because she was my sister, my biological sister. She's my sister in the Lord. And in me, in this time of need, and I kind of forgot who I was for a moment because I just wanted to be there for her. I saw her anxiety and tension and her illness, all these things, and the glory of the Lord shone out around her. Jesus wants to tell us that his glory is around us always. Whether we, whether we see it or not. And it's, it's, I think it's not the natural part of us that sees. I think it's the supernatural part of us. You know, we are created in the image and likeness of God. There's a piece of us that, that's somewhat animalistic. And there's a piece of us that's somewhat divine. You know, we're, all, we're this composite all wound up together here. That's why it's so important that we invite the Lord to heal our vision, to bring these natural and supernatural parts together so we can see his glory acting all around us. Now, I give these two examples just because I was praying with these things. I am not great at seeing the glory of the Lord most days. You know, uh, I, I gave you two little stories from my 48 years of life, you know, it's, it's hard to keep our vision trained on the glory of the Lord alive and acting around us. The biggest thing that saps that is anything that uh, leads us to, to look at ourselves negatively, look into our, look into our own selves and our own world really negatively, our anxieties, our fears, all those kind of things, that's like snapping those glory goggles. You know? it's, like, it's like hiding them in a drawer or something. Our fears, our anxieties, our self-attention, our, our grasping at pleasures, all those different things, they obscure the glory that's all around us. But the Lord doesn't want us to wait till the end of all things to see his glory. He invites us to participate in it all the time. We see the glory of the Lord not only in the poor and the struggling and, and all these challenging things around us. We see the glory in the Lord in the intimacy of human connection. I read this description uh, just this week. I just happened across it. Simple little like tweet that somebody put out. He said, he said uh, when my wife turned the corner in her, in her wedding dress on our wedding day, I forgot how to breathe for a minute. That's an experience of glory of deep connection with the, with, the pers- with the people that we share this planet with. It's happening, bubbling up all around us. We have this amazing feast where we consider the glorious return of the Lord here on this Feast of Christ the King. A little over a month, we're going to celebrate the great feast of the breaking in of God's glory into our world through the incarnation. When the little glorious child, infant Jesus, reaches out, towards our hearts with his infant fingers. These are feasts of glory. where We recognize the amazing presence of the Lord in our midst. Hard to see that right now. Because we're struggling with weird stuff going on in our nation, you know, political infighting, uh, polarization, all this stuff. 
We're struggling with COVID and the fear and the isolation that this is bringing to us. But friends, we're getting ready for the season of Advent, a whole month dedicated to preparing to see the glory of God. So let's not take this lying down. I invite us to take this week in a special way to discern how are we going to approach this Advent. We know that we're kind of in this situation for the long haul here. So rather than just wait until when it's finally over and things get back to normal, let's take this Advent to say, you know what? The glory of the Lord is alive and active around us all the time. Let's, look, let's take this week to really map out, Lord, how can, I, how can I take on your glory glasses? How can I see the world from that glorious perspective a bit more every day? So much, one of, one of the great graces of this COVID time is there's so much great material online, all kinds of retreats, all kinds of just amazing speakers that usually you'd have to sign up for a conference and go somewhere and, you know, have all these uh, rigor only got to go through. There's all kinds of free stuff, amazing voices, um, great experiences of retreat that you can do in your, even in your own home. Let's take advantage of this next month to prepare for the coming of the glory of the Lord ever, ever more deeply into our hearts and our lives. Lord, we invite you to show us your glory. You have created us in such a beautiful way that we can see not only the fine details of thing, things on earth with our human eyes, but we can see through and beyond that to the true story of your glory animating everything around us. You invite us to experience your glory, especially in powerful human relationships, the ones that are close to us and the ones in other parts of the world that, of people that we barely know but we are still kin to. So Lord, we ask you to show us your glory our interaction with one another, and our personal prayer time with you. Come, Lord Jesus.
Merciful God, we thank you for your constant presence, living and walking among us, showing your glory. We ask to experience that once again in response to these prayers, for we make them with faith and confidence. In the name of Jesus Christ, our King and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Grow in peace. Thanks be to God.